Howdy, 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 and welcome to the Locked On Grizzlies podcast. My name is Sean Coleman, your host, and just excited to be here with you today. Um, it's been another exciting week of sports in general, uh, basketball, a lot of stuff going on. Um, obviously, uh, the, the NBA Finals coming off Game 5, um, in which there have been a lot of things that have not really been in the Heat's favor. You know, just some, some good play from uh, LeBron James and at times, Anthony Davis, um, you've had the injuries, obviously, uh, to Bam Adebayo and Goran Dragic. Uh, you've also seen, you know, some of the Heat's reliable shooters have, have kind of, you know, have come back down to earth a bit from where they were in the playoffs. And yet, here we are, after Game 5, and another historically awesome performance by Jimmy Butler, just like he did in Game 3, putting the team on his shoulders, playing his game, getting to the basket, getting to the line, converting it, not being stopped, just the pure will to not be denied and win. And yet here we are again, this Heat team, as they have continued to do all postseason long, getting past the Bucks, getting past the Celtics, and now playing right there with the Lakers. We now are going into Game 6, which obviously will be on Sunday evening. Uh, we'll get into that in a second, but do want to first you know, introduce myself. My name's Sean Coleman. It's a pleasure to talk with you. Uh, you can find the show at Locked on Grizz on Twitter, myself at StatsSAC. You can find Locked on Grizzlies anywhere podcasts are available. That would be Stitcher, Spotify, the podcast app on your iPhone, however you choose to listen. And please do listen. Let us know what you think of the show. Re- re- you know, leave us reviews. Subscribe. Contact me or the show via um, you know DMs on Twitter or however you might choose to do so. Let us know what you think and what you might like to be talked about. We want to make sure our content is relevant to our listeners' preferences. We also want to remind you of our title sponsor for the show, rockauto.com. Rockauto.com, amazing selection, reliably low low prices, all the car parts you ever need. Visit rockauto.com today. We're going to continue and conclude, you know, the series that we have had a lot of fun um, bringing you this week, brainstorming the backcourt. I've given my own thoughts, plus some thoughts of a few folks around the Memphis beat. We'll get into that, you know, in a moment. But do want to continue on, you know, with the, the NBA Finals. So, you know, the Finals has a, is just, again, the latest series in a just an amazing, what I feel has been an amazing product that is the NBA playoffs. Now, I get that ratings are down. Um, You know, there's a lot of factors that play into that. Obviously, there are much more important and, you know, just, you know, significant things that are going on in the world right now as we all, you know, continue to, to, to deal with what's going on, um, as we all continue to, you know, try to, to progress together, you know, looking forward towards the future. There's a lot more things that are out there that are going on right now than basketball. But in terms of the actual product that is being, you know, provided and that is being put on display in the bubble, I'm telling you, it's hard to remember a playoffs in which we've seen this good a basketball. Not necessarily just, you know, just high profile, just, you know, incredible offense, incredible defense, whatever it may be, but just close games, exciting, exciting play, you know, late moments, seeing significant names, several significant names beyond just Jimmy Butler. Take that next step in their careers. You know, the NBA, when you look at it, 
the marquee names that are in the NBA right now, you know, the LeBrons, the Steph Currys, the Russell Westbrooks, the Kevin Durants, so on and so forth, a lot of these names that over the past decade have truly stepped forward as historical talents, they're getting into their early to mid-30s. They're getting, they're going to be around, but they're getting to the point in their careers where retirement's not next year, but it's it's likely to say that their best days are behind them. And while you do have emerging talents like Kawhi Leonard and Giannis Antetokounmpo, you also have some depth that has been built in this playoffs. And I think that the bubble is a big reason for that. Yes, I do feel like that the teams that have been, uh, that have had, you you know, should have had home court advantage, that probably has contributed to the struggles of some of the higher-seeded teams. That probably contributed to the series losses by the Bucks, by the Clippers, by the Celtics, and so forth. Not taking anything away from the incredible runs that the Nuggets had and that the Heat are still having, but just saying that the home court advantage probably played into home teams not being as big of a favorite as they usually would be. But from that, you also really see the competitiveness and just how much some of these uh, you know already known names have stepped forward the incredible series that we saw between Jamal Murray and Donovan Mitchell between the Nuggets and the um uh, uh, jazz um, in the first round of the playoffs. Of course, we paid attention to that here in Memphis you know, with Mike Conley in that um, series. But just the incredible back and forth 50-point games that both Murray and Donovan Mitchell had, it was great. And that was in two markets. Yes, Denver and Salt Lake City, you know, they, they're, they're both bigger cities than Memphis, for instance, but they're probably not, you know, the, the, the most, you know, they're not one of the first five or seven markets that you think of in terms of the NBA. But now those players have certainly come to the forefront of NBA minds. I'm not sitting here saying that either Mitchell or Murray are top 10 players in the NBA, but they certainly showed that they have all-star level potential and that they rose to the occasion and could elevate the expectations and overall ceilings of their team with their play. You've also seen it with uh, Jimmy Butler. You saw it with Nikola Jokic, who actually who solidified himself as being, you know, arguably the best center. If you want to call him the second best after Anthony Davis, that's fine. But Nikola Jokic sincerely established himself as a top 10 player in the NBA. And he also, he also um, uh, basically made himself known to be a marquee name, someone that the NBA can truly build around. And then, of course, you've got Jimmy Butler, his play, leading the heat to where he has this offseason, playing his style of game in an era where three-pointers are so important, but Butler getting into the lane, getting into the free-throw line, whether it was doing it during the fourth quarter, during much of the playoffs leading up to the Eastern Conference Finals and the Finals, to where now he's taken over the games when he's needed to. He truly has emerged as a superstar. So you've got different names. A lot of them are already known, but you've got different names who either have become bona fide superstars in Butler and Jokic, while you also have other names who have really emerged as clear all-stars that the NBA should market and embrace and feature in names like Donovan Mitchell and Jamal Murray. So that's my takeaway from this NBA bubble. I know that it's not done. I'm not saying that you make the bubble a permanent thing over being able to play with fans. The one thing that is sincerely missing from these great games is the fan reactions, but especially also taking this product that you see in the bubble and putting it back into 
these stadiums and when the NBA gets back to playing in front of fans, especially the small markets, I think it's such a wonderful thing. I mean, when you think back about it, think about some of the best playoff atmosphere crowds that you could possibly think of. In my opinion, Oklahoma City stands out. I know I'm biased, but I will put Memphis up there with anyone when it comes to home crowds. The thing that I'll say is this. I mean, Oracle Arena, I know that the that the uh, um, uh, Warriors you know, were a historically good team. You know, they, They're in a big city. But still, even that arena was amazing. These playoff crowds and atmospheres are the one thing that can add to it. But now, if you take it to where, okay, some of the stars that were always there, you know, again, like I mentioned, LeBron has been in 9 out of 10 finals. He may be in a few more as time goes on. But now you've got these other players who have stepped up the depth of star talent in the NBA, in my opinion, has certainly been upgraded in these playoffs. And also the product itself in terms of the competitiveness and more frequently awesome games that come down to the last second, more competitive series. I think that is a big takeaway as well. So you build off what you've had success seeing in the bubble. Players emerging to new levels of their career and the product itself, these these um, playoff series becoming more competitive with many closer games. I think you take that and you put it back into the stands. The NBA product can actually build off this. I don't know if ratings are going to go back up anytime soon. You know, it, it, It's got a lot to, more to do with stuff going on around the NBA than with the NBA itself. But I will say that in terms of the pure product of basketball, I really think that the NBA has to be pleased with what it's seen. The NBA has done a great job of providing a safe atmosphere to where these players can focus on what they love, and they have reciprocated that effort by putting together a wonderful product and something that has made many of us remain glued to the TV. I hope that we get a Game 7 out of the Heat and the Lakers. It would be incredible to see yet another series go that long, but what whatever ha- with whatever happens, I'm very pleased and have been very excited to see what has occurred with the NBA this season. We're going to take a quick, or this postseason, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we want to focus back on the Grizzlies. We're going to look at a few names that I feel Memphis could potentially and sensibly focus on as far as additions to their backcourt going forward this offseason. The fall is here. The leaves and the weather are all changing, but that's not stopping the life from keeping going on. And after a crazy year, it's likely you're probably on the go a bit more now with kids back in school, activities ramping up, the holidays right around the corner. Travel demands are there probably more than they have been in a while. So it's the least opportune time for you to have car trouble. Well, as we all know, that's likely what's going to occur. And while I can't tell you how to repair your car, I can tell you where you can go to find the parts that you need. And that's rockauto.com. It's very easy to use. You go to rockauto.com. Within a few clicks of the button, you'll have what you need. And whether it's a car part you may have never heard before or it's the most common one you can think of, rockauto.com is likely to have it for the make and model of the car that you own. If you're someone who needs others to do repairs, you do your own repairs, or you do car repairs for a living, rockauto.com is a great source because it's cost-effective. This is a family-owned business. They know that car repairs typically fall outside of the budget, so they're going to make sure that they make it economically feasible for you. If you go to rockauto.com, make sure you let them know that the Locked On Podcast Network sent you. rockauto.com, amazing selections, reliably low prices, All the car parts that you will ever need, visit rockauto.com today. 
So we've been talking all week about brainstorming the backcourt. I talked with Parker Fleming and Joe Molinax from Grizzly Bear Blues. Talked to Drew Hill from the Daily Memphian. Gave you my thoughts on how each member of the Grizzlies backcourt, whether or not they stay, um, you know, assuming that they all stay, you know, an extra thing that they could do, uh, an element of their game that could be more consistent that proved to help the Grizzlies win, you know, during the season. We talked about a lot of different perspectives about what the Grizzlies currently have. But another thing that, you know, a lot of people have speculated about, just generally because, you know, genuinely speculated about because this is what adds excitement for the Grizzlies, is what could be added. You know, as I've mentioned before, you know, the Grizzlies are in a situation to where, you know, eight to nine of their top guys, you know, you literally could create almost two complete lineups with players the Grizzlies have locked up, you know, through next year and mostly through, you know, multiple years into the future. But the thing about it is, is that, you know, with the Grizzlies' success getting to the playoffs this year, it's always fun to speculate about what could be added. Now, I can tell you this. With where the Grizzlies are in terms of, you know, their competitive timeline, it was great that they were close to the playoffs this year. We've also discussed the fact that next year the Grizzlies could actually improve as far as taking, you know, more of a step as a team. They could improve overall as a team but still miss the playoffs due to other teams that could get healthy and due to being further on the competitive timeline, it could just make the playoff picture too crowded. Now, as I've also mentioned, some of those teams like the Rockets and, you know, the Thunder and others, the, the Pelicans, they've experienced coaching changes or are in the midst of coaching changes. So that could play in the Grizzlies' favor to make the playoffs. But in general right now, the Grizzlies' in-game, the Grizzlies' goal going into next season is not to try to get the highest seed possible in the playoffs, I feel. it's it, The goal is to make the playoffs, obviously, but it's also for that to be a, a great byproduct of a continued improvement in play from a young core while the Grizzlies front office and coaching staff continue to focus on the future. And for that reason, I feel like while it's fun to speculate what could be out there, that big move, that one big move that could happen, as I discussed with Drew Hill and Joe and Parker, it's not likely to happen this offseason. And it's also not that sensible to go after a name that even though it may not be the one big move, to go after a name, to, to, um, invest future assets into a player that while they may significantly improve you in the present, again, the difference between making and just being outside of the playoffs and making the playoffs as a maybe a 7, 6, or 5th seed for the Grizzlies, there's just not that much benefit there. Making the second round of the playoffs, you know, over the next two years is not the goal for this Grizzlies team. It's becoming a sustainable winner and hopefully title contender you know, in all honesty, going into the middle part of this decade. But let's look at some of the names, though, that are out there. Could any make sense? Now, in terms of trades, we'll focus on that for right now because we have plenty to talk about with free agency in the near future as the NBA season, you know, uh, ends and the offseason gets in full swing. But talking about trades, so obviously the one big move, that the the clear home run moves that the Grizzlies could go after are names like, you know, we, we, we've heard, you know, Devin Booker. We've heard Bradley Beal. You know, there was even talk about Donovan Mitchell coming off of what had happened with him and Rudy Gobert at COVID-19. That's not going to happen. You know, I could just go ahead and tell you right now, it is sensible as it is, it makes no sense for the Grizzlies to sit there and make that type of move because it completely derails what they've done. Yeah, you get the you get a great player who might be able to stick around long term with Jaw and Jaron, but that's not certainty. 
Plus, you go after those type of players, it likely costs you Brandon Clark, who you can have your opinion of what his ceiling may be, but he is a very integral part, and he's the type of um, asset that playoff that really helps teams become playoff contenders. So I think that that first needs to be established. Instead of looking at, you know, oh, going all in on like a, on a, um, a Devin Booker or a Bradley Beal, I think some guidelines need to be established. Number one, this Grizzlies team has positioned the contracts on the team to where over the next year or two, they will continue to have financial flexibility. Not so much into next year, but looking at the summer of 2021, they want to have flexibility for when they'll have a valuable draft pick and also in a free agent year in which a lot of things can change. There's going to be a lot of talent available. Number two, I don't think the Grizzlies are to the point to where they want to trade a Brandon Clark or a Dylan Brooks or someone along those lines. They should in my opinion, look at a market for Dylan Brooks, but I don't think they're in the market to trade Brandon Clark. So when it comes to the ability for them to be able to find the right deal, I, you know, Brandon Clark is not yet someone that you want to include in a deal to get that home run piece because it just doesn't make that much of a difference. You know, Brandon, you know what you have in Brandon Clark. You know what he adds. You know that he is a good piece to your future core. Giving him up just to get a star player now when it's not going to move the needle for you that much doesn't make a whole lot of sense. So that's the thing that I think the Grizzlies are looking at. I think that the Grizzlies, number one, they really don't want to add a a star while having to get up one or two multiple parts of their young core right now because even if you bring that star in, the overall outcome of that, the overall value gained, is simply maybe making the playoffs as a low seat. So with that in mind, Devin Booker, Bradley Beal, yes, ideally you'd love to have them, but it just doesn't make a lot of sense as far as the Grizzlies pursuing that type of option. So that means you go a tear down, and you start looking at names that are more commonly you know, looked at for the Grizzlies, such as a Zach Levine, such as a, a Victor Oladipo, such as a, a Buddy Heald, other names you know that are out there you could speculate. But in terms of those names, those are sensible. I still think you'd likely have to give up Brandon Clark to go get Zach Levine. So he's out for me. I don't have any desire to give up Brandon Clark. I want to see what he can do in another year in Taylor Jenkins' system and see if he could take that next step to potentially become a starting piece next to Jaron Jackson Jr. With Victor Oladipo, I also don't think it makes a lot of sense because of the fact that he's got one year left on his contract. He's likely going to look. Uh, he's likely going to look to cash in on the free agency market. You know, after this next year. But also, you're not getting the Victor Oladipo that you had in the past. He had his very good year after the Paul George trade, but unfortunately, that injury occurred. Even before that injury, it seemed like it was going to be hard for Oladipo to, to replicate what he did. You know, in his standout or breakout season, however you want to um, categorize it. But what I'm getting at is is that with these guys in place, I don't think that Levine makes sense because of what you'd have to give up for him, and I don't think Oladipo makes sense because of the uncertainty that surrounds what you're truly getting when you trade for him. And that brings me to the last part, and that would be Buddy Hill. Now, if you follow me on Twitter, if you, if, if you follow my work over at Grizzly Bear Blues, and also, you know, in talking through here... Buddy Heald is the one player who I truly, truly would love for the Grizzlies to make a run after if it makes sense. The thing is, though, is that with Heald, it's not the player part of it. It's not Heald himself or the fit itself that prevents the Grizzlies from making the run. It's just with what their long-term goals are, 
Do you really want Heald to be that player that you come in and really hope can make the difference? I feel like he is. I feel like that Heald is the type of player who can make the Grizzlies significantly better with what he brings to the table, but he also does not prevent you from going out and getting that bigger player when you're on a more competitive timeline. We're going to take our final break, but when we come back, I'll dive a little bit more into Buddy Heald. Why I feel he could make sense and why he may not make sense as the one trade target this offseason I would love for the Grizzlies to go after. We all want to add healthy practices to our daily routine, whether it be taking the stairs, perhaps taking a 30-minute walk, a 10-minute jog, whatever it may be to add benefits to your health, we all would love to add it. It's just hard to do with the stress and rigors of everyday life, but it may have a solution that makes sense, and that's Built Bar. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Typically, you have to trade one for the other. Either it tastes horribly, but it's healthy, or it tastes great and it's not healthy. Well, Built Bar literally offers both. It offers offers versatility. You could have it at breakfast. You could have it before or after a workout. You could have it as part of an afternoon snack while you listen to your favorite Locked On Podcast Network show. It also is very, very versatile in terms of the taste. I personally like the peanut butter, but whatever your taste preference is, you can go to BuiltBar.com and find a wide assortment of them. At BuiltBar.com, you also can go um, and enter the promo code LOCKEDON and get $10 off your next order while supplies last at BuiltBar. That's, again, going to BuiltBar.com, putting in the promo code LOCKEDON, and getting $10 off your next order. I can tell you this, though. If you add BuiltBar to your daily routine, you won't regret it, and you'll want to continue getting BuiltBar. Again, go to BuiltBar.com, $10 off your next order order entering the promo code locked on at builtbar.com welcome back to the locked on grizzlies podcast so we're talking about you know what could the grizzlies do in terms of an addition they could look at free agency we'll talk more about that as we get closer to it we'll also next week discuss really look at the de'anthony melton opportunity when it comes to de'anthony melton what is all the potential fallout that could come from the decision that the grizzlies could make with Melton, the true, in terms of who they have on the roster right now, the one player who probably offers the most intrigue as to what decision will be made. But focusing on Buddy Hill, last segment I talked about the different trade targets that the Grizzlies could go after. What could make sense? Does it truly make sense for the Grizzlies to add another piece, a significant piece to what they've got going on right now? Well, the reason why I think Buddy Heald stands out is because of all the players that we mentioned, I think that Heald is the best fit for what the Grizzlies need. And that's a true shooter. When you look at Buddy Heald, you see a player who offers a lot of intrigue, who offers, you know, in today's NBA, who offers a clear skill that really could fit any team, and that's the ability to shoot. I've got two stats for you. Over the past three years, since the 2017-2018 season, James Harden and Damian Lillard have made more threes than anybody else in the NBA. The The person who's third on that list is Buddy Heald. But the thing about Buddy Heald is this. He's made, he, he's made seven, over 700 threes over the past three years. He's one of only two players in the NBA who have shot better than 40% from three over the past three years while also making more than 600 threes. It's him and it's J.J. Redick. Now, the thing about it is this. Buddy Heald is not an all-star type player. On defense, he, he he won't really be a liability. He can hold his own if need be. But the true asset that he provides is not only the ability to shoot the three, but also the ability to do it in multiple ways. He was also one of a handful of players who hit 
a hundred a hundred or more catch and shoot threes and a hundred and more pull up threes. So he can offer versatility when it comes to his ability to shoot the three, and that would be a perfect fit for the Grizzlies. We've talked about it. The Grizzlies were last this season in pull up three point percent opportunity. They did. They need to. They obviously need to add some type of shooting to complement their young core, a core that while they do have locked up, as I mentioned, doesn't offer just a ton of shooting potential. So in theory, Buddy Heald would be a great fit for Memphis. Also, I know that he he signed a four-year, $94 million extension going into that starts next year. But the thing about that contract is, is that while it is a big number, you know, we, we've heard that number before. That was the number that, you know, we signed Chandler Parsons to. So Grizzlies fans may still be a bit jaded about that, that exact contract number. But it's a, a, it's a contract that goes down. It's $24 million in the first year that goes down to $19 million by the fourth year. So the other thing that you gain in trading for Buddy Heal that you may not gain with trading for Levine or trading for Oladipo is that he's controllable for the next four years in terms of his contract, whereas Levine and Oladipo would likely, you know, look to be gone, you know, in, in, you know within the next two years. And the other thing about Heald is, is that it, with the fact that the contract declines a bit each year, it's not like it's something that's going to prevent you from looking to add another significant piece to Jaw and Jaron in time. Now, it, it it is a big commitment. You know, if you get healed, it's likely not, that likely prevents you from quote-unquote having a max contract opportunity. But as others have mentioned, and I have as well, when you really look at the Grizzlies' you know opportunities, their chances to add a max contract going forward, I don't see it. They're not going to sit here and sign a max contract through free agency. They're either going to have to hit on a second-tier free agent or play the creative money game as they did last offseason and based off what other teams do, find a very good player in a situation where they can trade for him and bring him in. But I think that's what you've got healed because the other thing about it is, is due to the fit that he um, offers to Grizzlies, due to the fact that he's controllable over four years, and due to the potential talent level that he offers and could reach with, with Taylor Jenkins, you may not find a player like with his potential for the fit in terms of your team and also what he could, the ceiling he could reach with Jenkins. You're not going to be able to find that in many places at the cost that it will be. He's probably at a discounted cost right now because he's not in a favorable situation. There obviously has been no tension between him and the Kings over the past year. You think to yourself, why does he sign the contract? Well, the reason why is because he wanted to guarantee himself the money. So I don't think that you're going to find a player who offers as clear of a fit, who checks the box of being controllable, who is a significant talent that, if added, clearly is going to help the team, you know, progress and and offer a higher ceiling going forward than you have right now, and also is going to come with a potential discount. I know some things that have been thrown out there, maybe Gorgie Dang, maybe Grayson Allen, a a, a first-round pick in the future, another second-round pick, that might be able to get it done. So in terms of what Heald can offer, I think the one player who checks the most most boxes sensibly for the Grizzlies is Buddy Heald. The other thing about it is this, is that, you know, yeah, Buddy Heald is not the one big move because you could add another significant piece. But with Heald's contract, the other thing that you look at with the Grizzlies going forward is this. I've mentioned over the past few weeks that in terms of the Grizzlies looking at them being a title contender in the future, being in a small market all the way, but considering all the things that are going on right now with how they're building their team, I feel the Grizzlies could be in a position like the Raptors are, you know, several years into the future, where they've got a clear cast of wonderful talents, but they're just missing that one true over-the-top talent that pushes them over the top. 
Well, the Raptors were similar to that two years ago, and they wound up trading DeMar DeRozan, a young, intriguing big man, and a late first for Kawhi Leonard. If Buddy Heald comes in, and two years from now he's played in Taylor Jenkins' system, he's he's elevated his game as a player, and he, but it but the Grizzlies are ready to potentially make a move two to three years from now to bring in another talent that they feel really could push them towards contention. Heald still is an attractive um, trade asset that you could use to bring in a more significant talent. So you also that have that. So while we're talking about a player who will be an end for us, who will truly be that one final piece to a hopeful title contender, the timing's not right. But I do think that Buddy Heald checks mo- the most boxes sensibly if the Grizzlies feel it makes sense to make a move. I think that in terms of fit, in terms of the fact that he's controllable, and in terms of the fact that he still could have significant potential that Taylor Jenkins can help, you know, untap potential that G- Taylor Jenkins can help make a reality, I think that Buddy Heald makes some sense, but I don't think it's going to happen. And the reason why that is, is because this has been known now, you know, before the beginning of this calendar year. When the Grizzlies made their long-term commitment to Dylan Brooks, and when they made their trade for Justice Winslow and gave them the contracts that they did for multiple years in the future, I think the reason why the Grizzlies did that is because they identified Winslow and Brooks as talents that they wanted to put with Morant and Jaron Jackson Jr. and help them grow. And because of that, their contracts, they wanted to they wanted to add them as parts of the future core. Because of that commitment to those players, I don't think it's going to make a lot of sense to go out and get healed. I think that the Grizzlies, as sensible as healed may be as a talent to add, I feel like the Grizzlies value more the financial flexibility and potential creativity that they can capitalize off of to make this team continue to be deeper and stronger going forward in the 2021 offseason. So at the end of the day, while Heald may be the most sensible trade target, and in a lot of different ways, is you know it makes good sense. I think that it you know if the Grizzlies traded for Heald, I certainly wouldn't be disappointed. And I also don't think that it's to the point to where if they trade for him, you know they're stuck with this team. That's going to be the final big move that they make over the next three to four years. I, I don't think that they're limited to that perspective either. But at the end of the day, I do think that this Grizzlies team probably puts more value on getting younger talents because remember, Heald's going to be 28 next year, so he's in his prime. I think that the Grizzlies still want to focus on getting young talents, gathering assets, and also having the financial flexibility to be as creative as possible when the NBA gets going back you know, more towards normal in the 2021 offseason. I think outside factors that likely are going to continue to hold value for the Grizzlies as they build toward contention, that is the reason why an ultimate trade for a player like a heel, no matter how much sense he can make or how many different ways he makes sense, I think that that cre- that the ability to be creative, the financial flexibility, as well as doing what is needed to put this Grizzlies team in a position to get as strong as assets as possible, I think that that makes as much sense as Heald makes, I think that perspective makes more sense. And ultimately, that's why the Grizzlies are going to, in my opinion, have a quiet offseason. At the end of the day, we can speculate all that we want to about trades. And it's fine, too. It's great to do that. We'll do future shows here talking about trade speculations, putting together deals, what makes sense. But ultimately, I think that, again, for the reasons that I mentioned, financial flexibility, future creativity for um, this front office, and just the general desire to see the moves that they've already made 
trade, see how they might pay off, and learn new things. Learn, basically, if the Grizzlies front office lets what they've already done develop and lets them work together and grow together for one to two years as this roster could do, the Grizzlies front office can also learn lessons on, okay, what worked in, in our approach to building this roster and what do we need to change. So ultimately, I think that there are sensible reasons to make a trade for a player such as Heald, but I think that there are more sensible reasons just to kind of stand pat and really let this young core continue to grow. And and because of how good we've done with the rebuild so far, again, all the possible outcomes really look at benefiting the Grizzlies in time. As always, we want to remind you, follow the show at Locked on Grizz. My stealth at Stats SAC, the show, or you can find the show anywhere where podcasts are available. Spotify, Stitcher, the podcast app on your iPhone. Review, subscribe, let us know how you feel about the show. We always want to hear your feedback. My name's Sean Coleman. Until next time, we'll talk to you soon here on the Locked on Grizzlies podcast. Have a great weekend.